1: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Dunzo. This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, and all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McKeady. Okay, you guys, welcome to episode whatever this is of Dunzo. It is me, Troy McEady. And this episode is like, I can't believe it hasn't already happened. The fact that it is happening is like, it's a milestone. And I know that I've been saying that every week, but like, it really is a milestone today. This really means a lot to me. And I'm joined by a very special
2: guest, my friend Jesse Chambliss. Is it Chambliss? It's Chambliss. I know it's French, but I'm so whitewashed. It's just Chambliss. Is it Chamblee? Chambliss. Yeah, yeah, that's how it really is. <laughs> my friend Jesse is here. Jesse, how are you? Oh my gosh, Troy, I am just thriving today.
1: Thriving. Thriving is a good place to be. First of all, I, you and I became friends because I discovered you through the Tickety Talk.
2: <laughs> that is correct, yes.
1: And your TikToks, I mean, truly, like, actually my friend sent me one of your TikToks and mm. immediately I scrolled through every single one of them I'm not kidding, they're so funny, and you specialize in female pop star soft choreo, I would say, is, like, your mainstay, right? That is that is
2: specifically correct, yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> how did you, like, get into TikTok, and how did you start using it?
2: Yeah. Um... I am a stereotype of a millennial who was just like really sad and alone last year at the start of this pandemic that has been horribly mismanaged. Um, And so I got on TikTok and I'd been fighting it and fighting it and fighting it before that. And so I scrolled and I lurked for about a month and then I was like, I'm just going to make some. And you know how people are like, and then I went viral. That did not happen for me it was like months of blood sweat and tears but then I was too invested and then I had one video that did really well and then they like there were a few more that did well and like I have plenty of videos that still tank um but I just really enjoy it now so much that I that I just post what I feel and I yeah I look at soft choreo which is just people who uh, you know choreography from the early aughts when they didn't need to be dancing or they just didn't like hit the way that they needed to hit and it's not serious it's just very lighthearted, um and so it's it's a good time yeah i want i want i want i want that was my hillary Duffrio could you tell <laughs> i knew exactly what you were talking about <laughs> maybe you could
1: be tough um <laughs> but then- <laughs> I'm doing the move. The <laughs> but no, that's the greatest thing about TikTok though, is like like at any moment, any person could have a TikTok do really well or not, you know? Mm-hmm. And just because you have one that doesn't that does well doesn't mean they all will, or right. just because you have a million that don't do well doesn't mean that they always will. It's like it's a very
2: fair um social media platform in that sense. Yep. If you want to be humbled, make a TikTok and post some videos. Right. <laughs> Yeah, real quick.
0: Um,
1: well, you guys have already read the episode description. You know what we're doing today. You've, you've already turned this up as loud as it will go in your ears, and I'm proud of you for that. Um, <laughs> we are talking about Ashley Simpson's debut album, Autobiography, today. And again, this is a milestone. Like, I know that you have you recently discovered my podcast, but what you will find in your listening of the old episodes is that I am a Ashley Stan. I mean, I've, I told you this via our DMs. Like, it's like, it's sick. The people listening know, but it's honestly yeah.
2: sick. <laughs> I love how you, you, you describe it as sick. It's a sickness. I'm infected by Ashley. Simpson. <laughs> I've got the bug, baby. Um, <laughs> but, but tell me your relationship with Ashley and the Ashley Simpson show. I mean, I was an early adopter. Um, I was, I was into Ashley from the start. Um, I obviously like loving the pop queens that I loved. I had a a pre-existing relationship with Jessica. Um, I am not of the opinion that siblings should just be dismissed in the industry um, unless they just don't have anything to offer, right? Mm -hmm. And Ashley was, like, just angsty and distraught enough and, and just, like, just such a contrast that I was like this is interesting uh, you know and I was in middle school so I was like <laughs> I was down for whatever and <laughs> right. I liked pieces of me and you know I was like this fits what I'm feeling right now and I like Hillary Duff's rock side and I love Avril and so this was this was a nice like little peg to fit into my my square hole. I don't know <laughs> why I said that. No, I get what you mean though. And I, I, I mean, I've said this a
1: billion times, but, and I'm going to be repeating a million things that I've said a billion times today, <laughs> just so everybody knows. Um, but I think that Ashley, when she hit was like, she, like you said, she fit really perfectly into this market that already existed of like mm-hmm. the pop girls exploring their like punk or punk pop or rock vibes or whatever you want to call it. But Ashley was different in the fact that nobody was specifically SoCal, where everybody else was like, Hot Topic or whatever. I would say she was Pax on.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Did I actually really mean that? Perfect. I love it. That is so spot on. Like, I'm going to go buy this shirt there, this one-off shirt, but I'm going to like it. You know what I mean? Right. That, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, she wasn't like Avril's pink extensions and like Hello Kitty, you know, uh, sweatband. And she was, (laughs) you know what I mean? She was like more of a, like a cargo shorts, like Etnies kind of gal, you know, which is
2: very specific. Yeah, you know that she had a pair of Heelys at one point and she was around for sure. She fully healed through the Mall of America. I don't know why
1: specifically there, but I just picture her healing around the Mall of America
2: from all her time in Minnesota. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's where all the pop stars of the of yesteryear had to hang out.
1: Um, so were you a were you a Ashley Simpson show Newlyweds fan too? Like both shows?
2: Um, no i I didn't watch Newlyweds a ton, to be honest with you. Um. I just loved Jessica from the start. So I didn't need newlyweds to be my introduction. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But with Ashley, I did watch the show because it just, it was really fascinating to me. Um, I think because it was a very specific moment in time, like post newlyweds madness, um, where this like new wave of of girlies were coming in. And also, uh, you know, the Ryan Cabrera love thing was fascinating to me. This was just, it was a really specific um, time that I think just worked for me, even though I'm not a huge reality TV stan, but it worked. I agree. I also feel like that was very necessary.
1: Like she was necessary in that space too, because yeah, Jessica had kind of created this whole, like it's really fun to be dumb kind of thing. And like, you know, where it started off harmless, but then eventually turned into like this really weird time for women where it was like, no, like you kind of have to be dumb. Like you don't really have another option. You have to be just, you know, it was, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a very loaded conversation, but Ashley came along and it was like, she just was like the other white meat, you know what I mean? It was like, oh, okay. So now she's like angsty. She's, you know, very sort of like honest and tell it like it is. And she's like writing these songs about her family and like, you know, Jessica would never do that. And it's not to like, Know, denounce anything that Jessica does or has done but like it's just so um it was just at the time even though right now it, it feels kind of silly but at the time it
2: was like pretty revolutionary because uh it was a very vapid time in pop culture yeah and everything was so calculated there was no social media so for her to come out and say like I'm also going to have my show but it's simply to differentiate myself from my sister was like marketing genius for the time too their their dad you can say what you want about him but he knows how to you know exploit his daughters for (laughs) money you know like that's the best way to put it he's like really he was
1: a fucking machine like he was a genius have you read
2: jessica's memoir yeah i actually just finished listening to it on audible so she, she discusses it, you know, in, in a very gentle way, but she's pretty honest in it about her dad and the role that he played in their family and their careers and everything. And I thought it was, I thought it was nice. It gave me some closure. I don't have closure about him as a person, but I do have closure about him as their manager.
1: I agree with that. I have many, many more questions for sure. So many. Um, so many questions, but for I'm Sure. sure
2: like 15, 19 year old like white twinks that can answer those questions for us <laughs> yeah <laughs> well tell me <laughs> tell me about your relationship specifically to this album like yeah. what did it mean to you as a young person I mean if you've ever seen a cartoon where everything's exaggerated and like you do something too much and so it starts like smoking that was me listening to the cd my little portable cd player
1: <sighs> that was the answer um,
2: I wanted That I listened to it. So I know every word still like it's just ingrained into my mind. And I remember specifically, my dad and I I'm from I'm from like rural Arkansas. I don't remember where my dad and I were driving, but we were like taking not like a vacation, but we had to do a, like a trip somewhere for something, probably for his work or something, because he did construction. So sometimes he would have to drive to different jobs. And right. we stopped at this like Walmart in the middle of nowhere. And it was in the little like CD bin. And I was like, I have to have this dad. <laughs> so like, please. It. <clears throat> please. Um, Cause you know, it was with CDs, you couldn't just get them immediately. Right. You had to wait, to go to the store to get them. Mm-hmm. And um i was like please this is a new cd like i have to have it and so he bought it for me and he we didn't have like a cd player in his truck and so i just had my portable cd player and i just put my headphones in and i just like listened to it on repeat And he was like do you want to like listen to anything else i was like nope never again actually thanks never again and so yeah from that point forward i listened to it until i was tired of it and i don't know that was however many years ago and i'm still listening to it so
1: yeah the (laughs) The re-listenability, uh, if you will, of this album is, like, is un... First of all, there are no skips, like, whatsoever. There's not a single moment of being, like, oh, I can't bear this song. Like, I... you've won? Oh, wait, don't tell me yet. Don't tell don't, me. I, 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 oh, I'm so excited. Okay. Uh, I'm like, oh, can
2: The rest, yes, but no, there's one.
1: Okay. Um... And yeah, I mean, just, I guess, kind of, like, starting to get into it, like, like you said earlier, like, to me, in my mind, this album is the manifestation of Joe, like, at his peak of managing, because this album, (laughs) first of all, came out, the pieces of me came out, like, right before summer, so it was, like, going to be the song of the summer, and then the album came out at the very start of summer, so it was, like, you know, this album was obviously going to be huge because they had the backing of the MTV show at the time. Their family was, I mean, they were the Kardashians and it was like, inevitably, even if this album isn't good, it's going to sell at least. And they knew Mm. that and Mm -hmm. they forced it to be not only the song of the summer, but the album of the
2: summer. Like that's iconic. Yeah. Uh, 1000% agree with you. And, you know, everybody even if you didn't know anything else about her like you knew pieces of me you heard it everywhere because the radio controlled what we listened to like Mm -hmm. you know and so we knew it
1: yeah for sure you knew pieces of me it was in your head all the time it was always playing it had so much radio airplay and it was one of those songs uh, that like I wrote in my notes that it it
2: existed perfectly like as an MTV and a VH1 song I know exactly what you're talking about. VH1 does the more like adult contemporary or like rock stuff that's like a little bit outside of the teen MTV. Yeah, it had crossover appeal if you will. Right. Um and it just had a
1: real I wrote in my notes that it had a real sort of like distinctive scream-sing quality. Like <laughs> to me this album is like driving around in the car with my friends in like shitty unsafe cars and scream singing this fucking
2: album, like yeah. throat hurting. Just like hers probably did because <laughs> her to sing this song and it's a hard song to sing. Right, and we're all
1: like trying to like squeak our voices and make them sound like raspy and unique.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh. like I'm she has to do the, O. Oh, you can see her. She's like, oh crap. Ah, you know what I mean? Every time um well let's start with the
1: album's title track autobiography
2: <sighs> yeah i mean this is and out for me um i thought that since this was used in the show i thought that this should have been a single i thought it was weird that it wasn't a single you know what i mean even mm-hmm. if it was like a single that you don't put as much money behind or something like that like if you watch the show you knew this song so um I think it's I think it's a great song. I love this song.
0: I
1: love that when I hear like that, like the very yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's over. Like you can <laughs> consider me cooked and basted. It's, it, it's over. <laughs> literally, it's like I'm going to listen to the whole album if I hear those those guitar plucks. Yep. Um, and I also think autobiography is like. Yeah, it's crazy that it wasn't a single because it's such a representation of the theme of the album, of what all the songs are going to sound like. Um, It's like, it's sort of like punchy and it's poppy, but it's rocky. Like, I just said poppy, punchy and rocky too much. Uh, (laughs) But no, it's, uh, it it just is such a representation of what the whole album is going to sound like. Mm -hmm. And yeah, actually, it's wild that this wasn't a single, actually.
2: Right. I didn't I didn't really conceptualize that until I started thinking about this podcast because I always listened to it. And I was like, this is a great song. But then, you know, upon revisit, I was I'm just really shocked as to why it's not.
1: Yeah. And what I will say to you is that one of my favorite things about Ashley Simpson is her voice squeaks. Um, I'm infamous for trying to Mm -hmm. recreate a Ashley voice squeak here on my own in my apartment by myself. Yeah infamous yeah. (laughs) My neighbors will tell you all about it. Um, (laughs) This song has one of the best the breakdown after she's like does the whole thing and then she squeaks. It is I wrote top five squeaks. It's not the best squeak
2: but it's top five. Wait are we going to discuss your favorite squeak? Yes. Okay okay I just want I just wanted to make sure. I'm
1: trying I'm prepping you for my TikTok which is me just exploring um pop girl's voice squeaks
2: oh I like I'm subscribed already I've pre-saved that (laughs) it's already in your favorites yes yes (laughs) the other thing too that I think that she doesn't get enough credit for is that she wrote on this album too you know what I mean and obviously like documented in the show but if you were just a consumer of the music or even just have only heard one song by her I think it's important to note that she did write it and of course like Cara Diaguardi was involved in this because she was like the moment you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah I mean it drives honestly like it drives me insane how much people discredit Ashley's entire all of the achievements that she had during that time which were like monumental and just her as an artist in general because of what happened to her um because she had a mishap on a show like it denounces every single thing about what she did is just so crazy to me but um yeah I mean I think this is a bold statement and I've said it before and I will say it again okay I think that even though they're obviously not the same person they're not you know they're not the same gal but like the marketability of a pop girl, like writing all of her songs and like documenting her relationships in song <laughs> publicly, and having the the listener be able to know which songs are about which guys she's talking about, is very Taylor pre
2: Taylor. Yeah, I don't think that's controversial at all. I think that in this industry, it's all about timing, right? And it's all about like learning from the mistakes of your you know your predecessors. And Taylor had so many examples of pop that went right and pop rock that went right and indie that went right and country so that she could, you know, I, Taylor was, is probably like, like when she was younger like sucking an inhaler and like writing down all these notes like this is how I'm going to be famous. And she like Frankensteined her career. You know what I mean? Because yes. she's like calculated in that and Ashley's a perfect example. I don't think that's controversial.
1: Well, thank you, sir. And it's also obviously, we just have to say, it's obviously not lost on either of us that this was the theme song of the show. And there was a quality about this song specifically that I remember um, when the album came out, like this was, even though it wasn't a single, this was one of the songs that people were the most excited to like finally be able to hear because we had all been singing it in the opening of the show. So to have like the whole song, it was like, oh my God, the song. That was absolutely my experience with it. (laughs) <laughs> this is the song where she's throwing the bowling ball and then her, her scribbles go across the screen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, let's move on to Pieces of Me.
2: You guys may have heard of it. <laughs> where do you even begin? I mean, this is, this is the song. This launched her into superstardom. This was also the downfall of her whole career. Like, it's just... This song is so loaded. How does she even perform it right like yeah I don't even know
1: it's wild it's easily I would say hands down one of especially if you remove the the SNL from the whole narrative and like you just look at it from the perspective of like how successful it was one of the best pop songs I think ever written like just it's just so fucking catchy it's got so much like it, it, it like it's one of those songs that by the end of the song you're singing it even if it's the first time you've ever heard it it's like one of those pop
2: songs mm-hmm. and I thought it was kind of a travesty that it peaked at number five this should have been like a, a number one hit you know what I mean I wish I would have looked to see what songs blocked her from you know charting higher than that I mean five's great like that's, right. that's an awesome thing to do but I mean this is this is a song that people know like still you know what I mean like when this song comes on you're like I'm Monday you know what I mean <laughs> right. yeah
1: even younger people who like didn't watch this show they know pieces of me everybody knows mm-hmm. this song
2: yeah Reese's pieces of me
1: <laughs> it also always makes me think of do you remember like the Mad TV parody of this song
2: 1000% and like as much as I, I hate that like she got so much shit like Some of the Mad TV was really funny. It really so good.
1: On a Tuesday, I'm hungry, but Wednesday, I'm sleepy. And she was always like doing that hand thing with her hands that like alternative girls do. Like,
2: "Mm, mm, mm,
0: mm, mm, mm."
2: (laughs) 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 it's so true. Ashley's stage presence is real weird. Like, love her, but it's real weird. She's always like bouncing. doing this with her. yeah <laughs> well because she's
1: a sexy girl in this complex world that's why she's doing that
2: A girl you want to get with me
1: <laughs> <laughs> um let's move on to the song i'm anxious to hear your thoughts on shadow <sighs>
2: okay so shadow gave me so many mixed messages because in the first verse she's like getting she's appealing right she's trying to get you on her side and then she's like but don't feel sorry for me I'm like that is exactly what you want us to feel mm-hmm. you want us to feel sorry for you because you've you've been overshadowed but you also want us to like respect you in your own right and so I was always just kind of like which is it and you know I feel like Jessica was very coy about this like she I like, I know that, that it was discussed, right? Like, she had to talk about this because it was literally, like, I'm in the shadow of my sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to know if she was, like, secretly pissed. You know what I mean?
1: I've always thought about that. Like, what it really felt like for her to listen to this song for the first time because, actually, the first thing that I wrote in my notes about this song was that, like, you know, it it was such a flag in the ground moment for her because she was showing the world that, like, as beautiful and talented as my sister is, like she's incapable of being as vulnerable as me because I'm the black sheep and everybody knows that the black sheep sibling is always the most like rebellious, you know what I mean? Like that's like the superpower of being the weird sibling. It's like you can you can basically out all of your family's bullshit and you're the one that like, you know, you tell it like it is mm-hmm. and jessica was never jessica never came from that world of being like you know show the world who you really are because that was never papa joe's whole gig like that you know that was not that wasn't what they did you know like they weren't an honest family they were very like everything is fine you know
2: yeah she was a showgirl. like jessica was really truly a pageant type of princess girl and that wasn't fully her experience as you know from like listening to the memoir mm-hmm. but um it was what was projected as her image and so it almost paved the way for Ashley to do whatever the hell she wanted to do you know what I mean because if she tried to fit into the mold of Jessica she would constantly be compared to her not the mm-hmm. feel- up to it, and so the hair, even just like dyeing her hair, it was all so smart. Mm-hmm. It was really, even though I'm pissed about the mixed messages still, and I want the truth of Shadow. <laughs> I still wrong, and I think it was genius. Yeah, you're right. The
1: dying of the hair. I mean, I've it's so. F- I have come back to this so many times. I talked about it with Mandy Moore. I talked about it with Brittany. I've talked about it with Christina. I think I've talked about it with Jessica. Um, the dyeing of the hair like that is not a thing anymore because nobody gives a fuck anymore what you do but <clears throat> back then being a blonde pop girl to dye your hair black was like such a big deal
2: yeah. such a big deal It was like oh chapter started Public meltdown yes one yes. <laughs> Like
1: she's a bad girl now
2: oh. well. <laughs> just descend from the ceiling and everybody starts spinning around on him because she dyed her hair brown. (laughs) She's rock and roll now. Um,
1: And I also, I mean, I guess it's like, you know, we can't talk about this song and not talk about the fact that like when it came out, you know, it's just, it's a weird thing to re-examine a song like this that like we have, it exists now in like in pop culture as sort of a joke, you know? (laughs) But this is a song that like a teenage girl wrote about the trauma of her family and like basically being ignored because her sister was a meal ticket. And it's wild. Like it's wild that like we were all like, we all thought it was so funny and we were like kind of laughing at her for writing it. And it's such an honest, vulnerable song and it's 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 such an incredible I don't know it's just it's so incredibly uh deep for a teenager she's a kid
2: yeah and I mean and just the fact that like Kara was involved in the songwriting like she has the talent of like pulling any sort of like real life pain experience from mm-hmm. you know sheltered you know Disney stars or whatever that don't know how to write music because they don't have any like life experience to pull from yet Um, so I feel like you know I don't know anything about the writing process with her I haven't read into that but I feel like it was probably kind of like easy like magic because Ashley was like this is what I'm feeling and this is exactly my experience and it was probably like okay like I can work with that you know what I mean like we can guide your guide your lyrics here I, I yeah. just imagine. No, yeah, I think you're
1: right, and I—I I mean, I, I had to read a lot about her, uh, her, the recording process for this album when I did whatever Ashley Simpson episode I did forever ago, mm-hmm. and I remember them talking a lot about just like her intense creative involvement and how they were all sort of like, you know, that all of these guys had an idea of what this album was going to be, and it was that they were going to make like a Hillary Duff rock album. And that's why she was so adamant on being like, no, you guys don't understand, like, I'm not Hillary Duff. Like, I, I really do want to go in there and like write music and make an album. I don't want like, you know, a, a Hello Kitty album. If that's cool, like no shade, but like, I really want to make like an actual album or whatever. My with a Mohawk album. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: my Fingerless Gloves album. <laughs> All right. Um, I have some controversial
2: opinions that are about to come up right now. Uh
0: I fucking hate
2: Lala. It's so dumb. I love it, though. I do. But it's dumb. It's so stupid. Wait, why do you think it's dumb? (laughs) Okay, but if you hate it, are you skipping it, though, Troy? You said there's no
0: skips.
2: (sighs) Oh, did I just call your ass out? All All right,
1: right. Yeah, yeah, you did. All right. Okay, I'm retiring from podcasting.
2: You're welcome. You skip Lala?
1: Yeah, I do
2: okay I I need to I need to know your thoughts here spill
1: I just it's been my least favorite song since it came out um I I've never I've never like joy I don't know if I've ever had a truly joyous moment of listening to it the whole way through and been like god I want to listen to it again I just don't (laughs) I don't know I don't know maybe it's like I, in my mind, like, it, it, when I was younger, I thought it was, like, too try-hard or something. Um, and I also thought there were so many other better songs. Like, so many other singles.
2: Potential I don't, yeah. Potential singles. I don't why it was a single. Like, zero.
1: It is... That's probably why I've, I've had resentment towards it, because I just don't get why it was
2: released. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite thing about this song... Um, other than just the ridiculous things I'm sure she had to do in the studio for it that you can never recreate, um, is the fact that she says, aeroplane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. why, why are you meeting this person on an aeroplane or in the back of a bus? Like, just go to a cafe. Oh my God, I've never really realized that I, I also sing at this aeroplane me too how could you not because like she adds a whole syllable in there so if you sang it as airplane then you're going to be offbeat <laughs> oh my god that's so funny <laughs> oh my
1: god yeah it's just it's so it's just full cringe for me like the whole thing is just cringe turned up to a thousand I just can't uh I can't bear it and then I also never understood either like a girl um suffering from acid reflux who like is supposed to like protect her voice or whatever releases the most like straining scream singy like whiny song that's ever existed in music history the live performances
2: don't help her
1: oh my god like why would you do that that was a misstep for joe like that was a real like you know what i mean it's like there are songs on this album that are sure you could sing real good and this is like the one that you probably could never sing real good and they're like, "Let's have you sing it on a national stage all the time." How about that?
2: Yeah. Let's have you do it at a sporting event. Let's have you do it on television. And she's just like, "Let's not. Let's do it live." Hell yeah. And when she got when she got booed, do you know what I'm talking about? Oh my gosh. It's so sad. It's so sad. We, we didn't, okay, we, we touched on this when we were talking about Pieces of Me, but I think that, like, she didn't do anything different than so many other artists, like, have done in their careers, and the fact that there was such a terrible response to her
1: mm-hmm.
2: makes no sense to me. I've seen, um, I was watching live performances of different, um, you know, songs to before we, we met up to talk about this. And I like to read the comments, um, on YouTube because people are disgusting <laughs> and, um, there was so much hate. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I cannot believe this comment is so popular from like 12 years ago. And then it was like from 2019. And I'm like, why are you commenting how much you hate Ashley Simpson in 2019? Why are you on her YouTube? That's what I wanted. Like, what are you doing with your day, sir? Yeah. Did you need to do that it would have been free for you to not watch this in fact you just made her money you made her three cents by watching her official vivo channel <laughs>
1: right you just put you just paid for the tax on another pair of joe's gator boots <laughs> oh my gosh so you're welcome um no i mean i agree with you i think it's insane and i think that like i think i just think that she's a really perfect example of us being able to look back. I mean, we're having this whole moment where we're like looking back on how poorly we treated young girls back in the early 2000s. And it's like, if I think Ashley should definitely be somebody that we're like, okay, sorry. Like there was no need for people to be like piling your CDs outside in front of malls and burning them and shit. It's just like so extra
2: like were we so bored or were we just like so traumatized from you know the iraqi war and everything going on that we like had to to i don't i don't know i'm just like trying to think because you know like what's going on in the in the greater world always informs like how we do things with pop culture because it's so inconsequential and we feel like we can do whatever we want with it so i'm just like like you took time to go burn cds I do think that we were, I really, I think you're right. I think
1: that we were bored. I think that like, you know, hating these girls and and bullying them was just something for us to do because we were like politically in a time of like, we thought was panic, but like now that we know true panic, like we, you know what I mean? Like we really thought that it was like, and it was, it was a panicked time, but like, we obviously had enough time to fill our brains with stuff like this obsessively. Mm-hmm. And people were just fucking nuts. Like, this would never, ever happen now. If Ariana Grande was performing on SNL and she had, like, a moment like that, she would get on Instagram Live after and say sorry. And then it would be not a big deal in, like, two days. Like, this was
2: crazy. A total different color than when she started making music. And we're fine with that. But (laughs) Ashley Simpson's like, okay, hold on. (laughs) Like... The girl has acid reflux. How many times do I have to say it? Acid reflux, okay? Ari's (laughs) self-tanning, all right?
1: (laughs) No, like, Ari fully looks like a Grand Theft Auto girl now. Like, she's fully transitioned to, like, (laughs) (laughs) computer-generated woman. Like, I don't even know. They're going to come for us. I know. We're canceled. Oh, gosh. (gasps) Listen, I... Come for Ari all the time on this podcast. It's <laughs>
2: okay,
1: fine. You're in a, you're in a safe space.
2: Okay. Good. 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 I really like her though. It's just kind of like uh, you you shouldn't be able to do the things that you do.
1: Yeah. It, like the the comparisons are insane. Yeah. Um Let's talk about love makes the world go round.
2: So this was my um, this was a discovery moment for me.
1: Okay.
2: So you know, um, whenever she's in the verse and she's like, hey. Eh. Here I go again. That kind of sounds like Jimmy Eat World. Oh my God. <laughs> <you're>, yeah. <laughs> uh, da, da. The kind, like my brain kind of works in that. Those comparison songs that sound the same. You know, I've made videos like that on my TikTok and I heard it and I was like, this is too niche. I can't ever post about this, but thankfully I can talk with Troy about it because I like it just blew my mind today when I was listening again to the album. No, you're so right, it's the exact same
1: melody. Yeah. Huh, now, now I'll never be a uh, you ruined it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Camila Cabello. And <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um this song for me exists and this is okay, perfectly in
2: the middle. I don't hate it, I don't love it. This is this is a soft Avril Lavigne track. This is whenever Avril's like talking about for, like being from her hometown in Canada. It's like, okay. <laughs>
1: yes grew up in a small town napa knee or whatever (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs)
1: um yeah it's like so i've I've never ever i don't think in my whole life i've never turned on this album specifically to hear this song ever um but i've also never like ran to turn it off like i just it just is sort of there and it's you know it's, it's fun to sing um I think it's got a really fun breakdown and i like when she goes into that low like raspy baby doll voice
2: that she's so good at yeah Mm -hmm. i'm totally with you it's just kind of like oh this is on this is cute (laughs) and that's that this exists or whatever (laughs) um now better off okay but this is where i stand (laughs) okay like okay can we talk so i'm like i'm Waiting to get past Love makes the world go around so we can get to better off. <laughs> oh my
0: god.
1: <sighs> oh. I don't know about you guys, but my sleepless nights have become more and more frequent with everything going on in the world on a constant basis. And that is why this week's episode is sponsored by Helix. My sleep schedule, if you use the word schedule very loosely, is essentially, well, it was essentially non existent. Of course, that all changed as soon as I slept on a Helix mattress. Helix is a sleep quiz that takes about two minutes to complete, no joke, and it matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress that's made specifically for you. Helix is very aware of the fact that it makes no sense to spend money on a mattress made for somebody else. So with Helix, you're getting a mattress you can guarantee will be perfect for your body, which is obviously very important. Helix understands that every person is unique, so they have several different mattress models to choose from. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. They have mattresses that are great for cooling you down if you sleep hot like me, and they have a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size folks. I took the Helix quiz and I got matched with the Helix Plus mattress because I wanted something that felt very firm and very sturdy. I used to call myself a side sleeper because that's what I thought I was, but now I may fully like fall into a deep rim sleep no matter how I lay down because this mattress is so comfortable. I could literally position myself into a handstand on this bed and fall into a deep, deep comfortable sleep. I've had sleep issues for my entire life and I thought that that was just a part of who I was but now I realize I've just always had really crappy mattresses. So if you're in the market for a mattress, go ahead and take the quiz, order the mattress you're matched to, and it comes right to your door, shipped for free, and you'll never be forced to step foot in a mattress store ever again, because in hindsight, that seems like a nightmare. Helix is awesome, but you don't have to take my word for it. It was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired magazine. Go to helixsleep.com slash dunzo, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to the customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life, I promise. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't like it, but I can guarantee you will. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash dunzo. Okay, tell me everything.
2: Oh my gosh. Okay, well, first of all, if we're talking Taylor Swift, like, this is like a rock Taylor Swift song. Like, it just is. Um... When I'm standing the Rain, I don't mind. I think of you and everything's all right. Like, And then, um, oh, I have it good, but now I know that I'm misunderstood. I was like, you hit me with those lyrics. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote them down on her legal pad and then uh, she smacked me in the face with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that says Joe Simpson, LLC. He took his little ink stamp and he was like, boom. boom.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah, the lyrics of this song are very 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 pre-Taylor Swift I actually wrote down my favorite part my favorite part to sing my favorite part of the song when she says my friends keep calling they say I'm stalling they want to meet you now and then she says I tell them hell no I say we're trying to lay
2: low oh, oh this is the best part, hands down you are so correct <laughs> it's so
1: good this song is definitely one that I've been like I just need to hear better off this, this shower will take 10 minutes and I'll be able to hear better off and I'll be fine. Like I've definitely turned on this album specifically to hear this song. I also wrote down by the way, that it reminds me of, it's got CW
2: vibes. <laughs> I mean, that not as a read. Like, <laughs> no. yeah, no, you're right. It's like, okay, okay, let's set the scene. Let's set the scene, right? Okay, so I'm talking like B-roll. There's a little bit of B-roll. And then like Ashley's walking and she's just like thinking about her boo. And she just gotten into a disagreement with her friends because they like think that she's making poor decisions with her dating life. And so she's reflecting on that. And this is playing in the background. And then like, like the music is about to stop and like she feels a notification in her pocket and she pulls out her phone and it's him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very- <laughs> oh my god I
1: couldn't have said it better myself well it's true like it just has you know CW scripted drama energy behind it like it's just like the, or like it also could very much be that song that like she's sitting at like a CW bar you know like a completely unrealistic bar that doesn't exist in real life that's like perfectly on the beach and is full of like, teenagers yeah. And somebody comes in and plays this on the jukebox and it's like quiet and you but you still hear it. Like so it's like, just, like the OC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very like, yeah, it's got OC vibes. Like mm-hmm. it's just it's good. This is a this is a standout moment for me. Yeah, agreed. Um now listen. This is for me where the album gets real good. Like this is where I'm 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 seeing singles happening, I'm seeing things happening, and what I'm about to say is yes. that Love Me For Me is one of the greatest songs in the history of fucking music. It is, anybody who says that this isn't a highlight
2: from in the, on this album is psychotic. The middle of the album is the best. Like tracks six through nine are my like my favorite like chunk of the album. Me too. Oh my I, God. Oh, Love Me For Me, I, I just remember being like 13 and I was pissed at my like, like live-in boyfriend um and I obviously didn't have one of those but I just like felt that I did um because I was there you're like me and my fiance were going through it at the time <laughs> me and my internet fiance that I met on myspace we were right one. um yeah th- okay well I want to hear I want to hear your thoughts on like literally the first three notes just oh okay that first like guitar riff just
1: it is it's unbelievable like it's so but and again it's very like autobiography for me where when i hear those first like that first like you said the first three notes it's over the volume's going up oh Oh, my god also features the best voice squeak
2: of the album oh okay wait where? Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. What am I? What am I thinking? I don't have
1: to tell you. <laughs> I'm using that as the promo for the whole episode. By the way, just that. Uh,
2: I can't squeak. I cannot squeak like that. I was trying to do it, like if you could see me. Um, uh, I was like,
1: <gasps> like your whole lungs filled up with all the air that could take, and I got. <laughs> <laughs> no but it's uh for anybody listening who doesn't instinctively know where the squeak is that we're talking about in the song it's um it's right after the breakdown um when she says that she, actually i wrote it down i've been waiting all my life to finally find you just so i can push you away and when you're crawling over broken glass to get to me that's when i'll let you
2: stay come on
1: Come on, this so, should have been a single.
2: So this is a, this is a like sensual squeak though. Um, and like, I'm, I'm glad that you brought this up because there's one other sensual squeak to, to, to talk about someone else for a moment. There's another sensual squeak that is not, it's very niche um, that is so comparable to this. Um, and it's in Christina Aguilera's version of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. <laughs> and... If you you know on my Instagram, um, I have a highlight about it that I have had up for like four years, and I, it. <laughs> I saw it. I watched it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm talking about. It is like <laughs> it is uncomfortable. singing thinking about our <laughs> Lord and Savior that way. This is this is the comparable squeak. <laughs> no, that one is
1: sensual. Is the only word you can use to describe it. Like it literally is sensuous, and it's like. <laughs> The equivalent of having like your neck nibbled or something. It's just too (laughs) vulnerable. (laughs) It's too that was too much. Just like Christina, it's a little too much. Cosign,
2: (laughs) cosign, but in the best way. But in the best way.
1: Yes. And I wouldn't change it for the world. No. (laughs) Um, um, so we're approaching my favorite song on the album. Stop. This is my favorite song. I'm not joking, this is my favorite song. You kidding? Mm-hmm. No, nope. not kidding. You guys, any first of all, I think most of the people listening to this probably have listened to this album a million times and know it in its order. You know that we're <laughs> about to talk about "Surrender," track eight. Oh yeah,
2: tell me everything. Well okay so okay I have a lot a lot of thoughts first of all I think all of her like little intros all of her like beginning parts of the melody are are like very distinct because that's what I'm always thinking of first um this is like if that's the way you want it (laughs) I love I love it it's kind of like a dancey you know what I mean and then and then she just like rocks me out and Mm -hmm. I'm just This is where I'm like bent over. I'm like shaking it, you know. Like they say, you can't twerk to like rock songs, like pop rock songs. And I'm like, have you heard "Surrender" by Ashley Simpson? (laughs) Like, girl, let me put on the song that will change your
1: mind. (laughs) You're like, Uh, Uh. (laughs) (laughs) this is like. I mean, this to me is Ashley in her element, doing the thing that I think she does the best at full throttle, like. The fact that this wasn't a single is criminal. Because this song
2: to me is what La La wishes it could be. Yeah. Okay. That is so good. That is such a good train of thought. Um, and I'm just like, I keep like refreshing myself on the on the lyrics as we're talking. And the the chorus has a little bit of a different vibe, though. It gets a little like cutesier for a moment. And she's like, because, you know, she's like rocking out. And then she's like, oh, you drive me crazy. Well, blah, blah. <laughs> then like she closes us out again in the chorus where she's like all you have to do is just surrender right Mm -hmm. and then she's like just surrender (laughs) Uh, 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 like just like the last few words are just vocal fry. (laughs) (laughs) they are and I love the lyric
1: I think one of the things that's always drawn me to this song is that I just love the lyric in the chorus where she says um look out your window my sunshine's all around that's it's just so like that's incredible like this album not only is so fucking catchy and the the songs are all like potential singles it's written really well like whenever you um I don't remember what the name of the podcast is and I'll like post a link to it or something in the on the Instagram but I was listening to this podcast like re-explore um all of Ashley's music like, really, really, it was old. It was from a few years ago. And they were, like, real intense, like, music critics, like, kind of snob people. And they were like, this album is, like, shockingly well-written. Like, for pop music, you know?
2: It is. And the thing, too, about when you say, like, for pop music, there's so much good pop music. There there, there are so many pop songs that are just, like, laced with with metaphor and you know poetic just thoughts and they get overshadowed but like why why can I not have something that's like really deep to like a fun beat you know what I mean or right. like why like put my sadness to like like glimmery glam sheer you know sheen of, of of music to to go with those lyrics like that's what I love about pop music and that's whenever I like have a song like this where she's like rocking out for a second but she also says some things that are a little profound
1: Mm -hmm.
2: that's like that is the epitome of the pop music that I love I couldn't agree with you more and I actually think
1: I mean I've heard people say this before and I'm not like a songwriter obviously but I think that pop music is probably much harder to write than any other music because it has to be good but you also like where pop is different than anything else is that it has to have this sort of like, you know, take you over infectious quality about it. And that's what all of these songs have. Like they're infectious in a way that's like, I could stop this album and then restart it. Like I used to listen to this album on repeat. And I know people say that a lot, but like, I like you and I both, I believe really genuinely would be like at unreachable and then be like, "Mm, mm, (laughs) starting right back over at autobiography, like with no issue
2: you just read me for filth. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Woo, yep, that is that is I am 13. I'm 13.
1: Right. <laughs> That's what this podcast is. This is just basically it's everybody going back to their like 13-year-old bedroom and like trying to relive the memories.
2: Yeah, 30 going on 13. Let's do it. <laughs> right. Um
1: I wrote so many notes about that song, I have to, like, scroll past them. I'm like, a truly solid ballad. Or, wait, no, that's the next one. Going Unreachable.
2: Unreachable. Okay. Tell me your thoughts. Do you hate it? No, Delicious. Okay. This is my last, like, really good song um, on the album for me. Like, that six through nine chunk, like, this closes it out. Um, well for uh, to talk about the the first few notes bam, bam.
0: oh
2: yeah I was just like oh, okay like I got my I got my like bat wing sleeves on <laughs> my, my like my like a sheer white um like weird top that I'm wearing and I'm like flailing my arms around in a dark room and there's only a spotlight on me and I have a really weird haircut like that <laughs> is, that is the vibe like I just want to Ooh, I just want to be like in my in my husband's mansion who doesn't love me. You know what I mean? And just dancing around to my pain while while I the hired piano man is it's just like you know what I mean? yeah. your, your husband's screaming obscenities at you from the other room and you're
1: dancing <laughs> through the pain.
2: Yeah. Oh, 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 um, um, so you like do you know Selena Gomez's like dance again uh, video that she released yeah. just animally like that is the vibe that i want for unreachable a little slower you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Um, that is the unreachable vibe there we go
1: you're right it's very it's very moody but the piano is just so um it's weird because it's like a, a very different vibe than the rest of the album but it still fits perfectly like it still sounds like it's a part of the same collection if you will um and her voice sounds so cool in the song. And lyrically, I think it's probably one of the best of the whole album. I just think like, I, I don't know, it's, it's incredible. Again, not a song, I don't know if I've ever, actually, I guess maybe yeah, at some points I probably would have turned this album on to hear this song, um, but yeah, it's just, it's solid. It's just a solid mooly, M- mool-y song, moody <laughs> song. <laughs> and it just uh yeah it just sort of like takes you somewhere else
2: yeah this is this is a song that i would go straight to sometimes um for sure and i really love the bridge where she says sometimes love is addiction sometimes it hurts like hell sometimes you just can't get enough and that sounds really like basic with, with me just like saying it the way that i did but in in the song itself it works so well because like it's doing that pop song thing where she had her like two good verses she did the chorus and then like the bridge is gonna like it's the valley and she's gonna like take us into the trenches with mm-hmm. her crawling in mud and and just like being real gross and then then like at the very end where she says but you can make me unreachable and she goes launches right back into the chorus like we emerge from the clay yes like it and, and, and we're like marching. I don't know. What am I saying?
1: <laughs> You're doing a full, a full music video for the song in your head, and I'm like living for the visual representation of it too. By I the way,
2: songs that don't have music videos, I, I like give them that. Like for, um, I don't, I, when for surrender, there's like a specific like loft apartment that I imagine Ashley standing in whenever, um, surrender plays in my head. Don't know why.
1: No, I get that. I kind of do that too in my head. Like I hear. I feel like I see songs in that way. Like sometimes I'll even like a song more if I feel like I've really figured out the music video in my head. It makes me like yep. the song more.
2: I'm even though it's
1: those. all delusional. It's literally all delusional thoughts. It's a fever for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so nothing new is outside
2: of your favorites. You're not into this song. Oh, maybe I lied. No, I really like Nothing New too. I'm so sorry. Six through 10. I retract my statement. Edit that out. I know you won't, but um, <laughs> no, Nothing New is also good. Yeah. Yep. 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 It's, it's in the, it's in that, that chunk of like the most cohesive parts of the album, six through 10. I missed Okay. That.
1: I was going to say, I thought so. Cause Nothing New is very, um, it has the same sort of, it, just, it feels like there's like a separate little family in those songs and they feel like their own separate little collection of songs um yeah nothing new was an absolute highlight again should have been a single criminal criminal
2: that it wasn't a single did you go did you go to this song specifically like whenever you just had the cd when you were younger did you ever just skip to this song
1: oh yeah
0: yeah
1: this was a real good like turn the music up as loud as it will fiz- like those like teenage moments where you're literally listening to music and your walls are shaking because you're a young millennial and you have a boom box, you know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. And you have like the, the mega bass like turned up on your boom box, like all the way.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> like this was a real, I mean, the chorus of this song is so catchy that it
2: sounds like it was mm-hmm. written by fucking Taylor and Jack Antonoff themselves. truly um and I really like uh the pre-chorus in this song too and I really like loved how she was a little more edgy and um she like says hell in her songs and stuff like that you (laughs) know um and so whenever she's like oh I can only be myself I'm sorry that's hell for you I love that little like pre-chorus two lines before she launches in I really like that
1: yeah, that's, re- that's a really, really good lyric. And I also love, this song introduced me as a young person to the phrase, what's your damage? And um, I will tell you that as a teenager, I really loved finding ways to incorporate it into my everyday
2: vocabulary, if you <laughs> will. What's your damage? That is so funny. I've never... I've heard this song a million times and I've never thought about the fact that she put that phrase in there this was not my introduction to that phrase but I never registered that it was in there that is so funny (laughs) I was like what's your damage I just like
1: something about that rolled off the tongue in a way that I was like oh that'll be my thing for this year (laughs) that'll be my
2: thing for this upcoming (laughs) school year oh my gosh you (laughs) (laughs) I don't that really I'm taken aback by that that is so good um I also really like how, I don't know, the trouble between me and you is nothing new. It's like, she's clearly in this situation that she, you know, knows is bad for her. Mm
0: -hmm. And
2: she's just like, this is the norm. And, you know, it makes me wonder, because we've talked about how she was writing about how like she was overlooked in her family and everything. I wonder if there's any truth to this song or if it was just like a fun song. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, and that was like, again, like the Taylor Swift
1: thing of like, it wasn't so extreme that she was like doing, you know, secret hidden messages in her albums and like secret imagery and stuff. But like, there was an element of, you know, is this song about Ryan? Is this song about Wilmer? Is this song about whatever that guy's name was that was on that? Remember that first guy that she dated that was like on a CW show or something? I can't remember his
2: name but he was in the first couple episodes of the Ashley Simpson show he was like an actor yeah yeah okay I don't know I don't know who he is but I know who you're talking about yeah I'll I'll look it up
1: and I okay and I know that there's a bunch of songs about him on this album and it was really fun to try and like you know sort of piece the lyrics of the song with what we had seen in the show you know because they I mean her and ryan's entire relationship basically played out for the world and joe was really smart in you know in doing that i mean he really he basically was like okay watch ashley go through all these experiences watch her write songs about the experiences that are really good and then the album comes out during finale night you know what i mean it's
2: crazy it it really is genius like Yes, it's a genius, but also, like, kind of makes me feel gross thinking about how calculated it was. I know, for his kid. Yeah. (laughs) Why does he, oh, man. Lots of more questions. We have (laughs) one. Yeah, exactly. Um, I also really like, I just wanted to say this, too, so I didn't forget. I really like um, the fallout that feels like such a mess. I really like that. Oh, and I love the way she sings that lyric, too. Yeah, 1,000%.
1: The way that she delivers these fucking lyrics, like there's so much, um, there's so much like sort of theatrics in her,
2: her voice. Yeah. And I feel like, I know that she had to like work on her voice, obviously, because she wasn't a professional singer, whatever, Mm -hmm. until she was, I feel like if she would have been like coached really well in a different way. Um, she would have been able to do more with her voice because it's so unique. And the thing about a unique voice is that it's either going to be received really well or people are going to hate it. And I don't know if they did everything else right, I I think, except for helping her to like prepare her own voice, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And to know her voice well enough to know what music would work for it.
1: I could not agree with you more. I actually, I really honestly think that she would have had a journey voice-wise similar to Miley because it took Miley years first of all it took Miley years to realize that she actually has a weird voice and not you know a traditional pop role voice which is great you know and then she had like once she embraced her voice it was like it went through this whole transition and her learning how to use it and sing really deep I think Ashley would have gone through a similar thing of like you know 10 years from the release of this album she would have been I can't even imagine the stuff that she would, because her voice, like you said, was so unique and so sort of like gravelly, but also soft in, in ways. Like she had this raspy, gravelly thing to her voice, but also at the same time sounded
2: like a baby girl. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, she sounded like one of those dolls that you like squeeze and it's like, Hah! you know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah. gasps> but like, but like- way like like when she squeaks or whatever it's like oh i kind of like like that yeah (laughs) yes um what about giving it all away that's my skip i don't need this i don't this um throw it out i act like it doesn't exist and (laughs) it's your full skip you hate it it is such filler i hate it
1: okay all
2: right Okay, tell me your pods. Because clearly you're like
1: mm. the camera just turns off and the recording stops. oh
2: um, <laughs> I'm going through a tunnel. I can't I can't get it. <laughs> yeah I'm heading into the Lincoln
1: gal. Sorry. Um okay, so again, I don't know if I've ever turned on the album to listen to this song. And I do actually think that it is filler. But what I like about it is that um I think it has some pretty good lyrics. And I think it is weirdly um, the th- you know for an album that's it's like this album is called autobiography it's all sort of introspective you know songs about her relationships and her life and her adolescence and stuff and then there's this random moment of like I'm just gonna read some of these lyrics hey you looking for tomorrow you sold your dreams for a pocket of change hey you smoking up your sorrows just pointing fingers at someone to blame. Hey you, you turned your back on your children. It's left in it's left in that big burning bed. This life's like living in the gutter. All this pain just makes you feel dead.
2: I'm like, who is she singing about? I have no idea. And I, I have more questions about who she's singing out whenever she's like in the bridge before all the you know the final chorus or whatever and she says hey girl screaming for attention once you get it you throw it away i'm broken i'm picking up the pieces i won't live in all of your mistakes Who? what was going on that day comes on and i'm like then who
1: (laughs) right like this was like a real you know this was a real maybe she watched like maybe she like watched a Lifetime movie or something and really got in her feelings about it. Like she watched a thriller, you know what I mean? It was like extremely in her feelings. She,
2: she, <laughs> she watched like too many episodes of Lizzie McGuire. She was pissed about Aaron Carter, you know, treating, treating Hill the way you know, just she was over it.
1: She was in her feelings on this good, good day. Um, yeah, I don't go out of my way to listen to this song. I forget that it exists until it comes up. And then every time I'm always like, God, this has adult themes.
2: Like, God, she's singing about somebody smoking their sorrows away. And, and like, get, turning their back on their children. And like, I just, I don't, I, I don't need this. I get it. I don't, I don't want it. I get it. I understand. I get it. I don't judge
1: you for that. Thank you. If I you would, <laughs> you should feel safe here. Now, listen, if you had said that about like, surrender or something, I actually would have, I would have said that the audio cut
2: out the girls are fighting, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the girls are fighting! <laughs> no, I because Surrender is like an objectively good song and if someone wants right. to challenge like, let's fight. <laughs> um, I
1: do have a controversial opinion coming up. Again, you're gonna think it's so, Undiscovered is literally like, <laughs> it's like, not even just of this album, of her whole discography, one of my favorite songs.
2: Grr. I mean, like, it has yeah, someone's favorite song. <laughs> <What's it? laughs> no, I don't, I don't dislike Undiscovered at all. It just, um, it's uh, it's just not a standout for me. <clears throat> it's, I'm a
1: very end of the album. I always love like the last, I'm that girl who likes
2: the last track. You and need to do it podcast about your favorite end of the album songs if you haven't
1: that's a really really good idea actually because I always I love the closing track of so many (laughs) of so many albums I can't even tell you um I've definitely turned on this
2: album to listen to Undiscovered like a billion times it's yeah so since you're such an Undiscovered stan I need to know about like the movie oh god I no, I don't I don't I, I have a disconnect there I need to know your thoughts so the movie was a real missed opportunity um because it was
1: terrible I just remember it being really bad to be honest with you I don't remember any of the I don't remember any of the concept but I do remember <laughs> I do remember her singing the song undiscovered huh uh, <laughs> for some reason that's the only thing that stands out is like her being in a dive bar on stage i think with fingerless gloves singing mm-hmm. undiscovered because undiscovered was sort of like the not a girl not yet a woman of that movie
2: okay if that makes sense um totally, yeah. totally jiving with you. <laughs> i, I just, just remember my memory of that is like seeing the um like trailer advertisements for it and like mm-hmm. you no know, song, and i was like what is this even, even then, I was like, this is not, this is going to be bad. Mm-hmm. I, I just knew.
1: Yeah. It was like almost, it was too, first of all, that movie came out too soon after the release of this album. It was like Joe trying to capitalize as much as possible on the success of the album, whereas they yeah. should have just like been done with it and moved on. <laughs> and I was like, no, there's more. <laughs> um, you know that song from the album? Now it's a movie. Ooh.
2: We don't know that song from the album. We bought it for for me. (laughs) It's 15 songs in, sir.
1: Um, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what it is about the song. I get lost in it. I think it's beautifully written. I also, I I messaged you this and you told me that you were going (laughs) to write it down for later because it was like the most unwell thing I've literally ever said. But I, in my entire spirit and down to the marrow of my bone, um, (laughs) believe that... (laughs) (laughs) Ashley sounds, during the breakdown especially, I can't even look at you when I say it. During the breakdown of the song, I would say Ashley is giving me, she sounds like a girl who grew up listening to Hole and was like, I can kind of make myself myself sound like Courtney Love if I try real hard. And it's like her doing like Courtney Love drag almost. Like she's trying really hard to (laughs) sound like she's in like a 90s grunge band.
2: You know, and it's funny because the song that she picked to do that just just makes no sense (laughs) I know she could have done that on other songs on this album and she chose she chose this one to like have her like screaming like out of control moment on this like (laughs) like okay it was a it was a misstep I don't I don't dislike it but it was it was a little bit of a misstep for me
1: No, i get it 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 really it's one of those songs that really only it was like put on the album for me i'm not even convinced other people have it on their cd i you know what i might not have i'll have to revisit (laughs) i don't know i I think it's a fever dream and it's my fever dream (laughs) (laughs) um so obviously you and i are going to continue doing this and we're definitely going to have to do i am me and bittersweet world
2: oh yeah i have so many feelings about both of those albums so so many feelings. Do you have a favorite Ashley album out of the three? <sighs> oh gosh. It's hard because there are moments from each of them that I love. Like mm-hmm. the six through ten on autobiography just like uh gets me and autobiography itself. Like mm-hmm. autobiography and then six through ten I think I guess I would say that that's probably going to have to take my favorite album spot. I revisit I Am Me a lot, though, um, because there's I Am Me is so much more loaded. Like, mm. Post Incident, New Blonde Hair, Lindsay Lohan. Like, oh, there's so much. And also, like, I think there are some I Am Me... I think my favorite Ashley Simpson song is on I am me. I think, I I think we had talked about this before. Um, but say goodbye. It's an album closer, but I mean, that's, that's one of my faves. It's a, it's, it's a standout Ashley track for me. Um, but now that I'm looking at the track listing, I'm like, (laughs) we don't, we don't have to get into this right now. I could, I could just keep talking about this, but there's a chunk in the middle of the album of I am me that I don't need. I need the, like, very beginning and then the very end
1: (laughs) i um yeah i think that we have the same chunk that we don't need like i've i've had the same skips for 10 years um but i agree with you it's like autobiography was like lightning in a bottle like it was like oh who would have thought that this album would be so good and like timeless yeah But then I am me is like Ashley fully realized. It's like her like really leaning into being like very successful. Like you said, she's got like this like, and at this point now it's been established that she's very sort of trend setting. Like what she does with her hair and her clothes is like kind of a big deal for youth culture. She really is like setting trends. I remember her being, we're like doing a part two of I am me right now, but like, I remember, um. Like, even just something as simple as her wearing, like, skinny jeans and heels for a little gay boy, being surrounded by all my girlfriends, like, listening to them talk about it. Like, she was just always right on the forefront of, like, making random things really fucking cool. And I think I Am Me is her, like, fully realizing her power. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's, that album is unreal. And then Bittersweet World is just, like, experimental and weird. And, like,
2: it's, like, her art pop it deserved better it deserved better in my opinion i there were little um bittersweet world came out um in 2000 what seven
1: mm-hmm.
2: right
0: mm-hmm.
2: and i was in high school and you know my tastes were changing a little bit and this like hit exactly where i needed it to be but it didn't do that for everybody else you know what i mean so i yeah. It just thought it didn't get enough love and i was really sad that out of my head didn't do well because it was so weird and i loved it
1: yeah it's i mean it's definitely an album that i think people need to revisit because it's really weird it's really and it's so like for its time it was so because she had worked with like Timbaland, like that was like a Timbaland album so it was in the same. It exists in the same world as like Hard Candy, my by Madonna, and like, you know, just that sort of like Nelly Furtado promiscuous world. Like I or Bittersweet World is like with those albums, you know. And it's yeah, it's 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 her art pop. It's fucking weird. It's experimental. It's like it hits really hard at certain points. It's got some weird fucking misses, but you appreciate the weirdness because it's like. It's just such. It's so. It's such a product of its time, Um, but yeah. So we are obviously. I'm obviously gonna have you back to talk about those albums. Yes,
2: for sure. Um, Yeah. I just now I'm looking at the tracklisty and I just want to keep talking about. (laughs) I know. Like rushing back. I'm just gonna say one thing. Sure. House bunny boys when they're washing the cars. They gimme, gimme. They follow my voice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm
1: Mm-hmm yeah oh my god well thank you so much for doing this with me I cannot even put into words how excited I am that we just did this it was great
2: I have been looking forward to this I'm not joking whenever you were like you need to be on my podcast I was like that's not gonna happen like he because you have such dedicated fans to your pod like when you ask a question on Instagram people respond bond and people in the comments are like oh my gosh I remember on episode 63 whenever this happened and I'm just like wow your fans are like they're scary but I love it
1: (laughs) no yeah the people that listen to this podcast are iconic they're just really like they're very engaged and they're very um
2: knowledgeable you know like there's a shorthand where like I don't feel like I have to explain things really that is so nice too whenever you don't have to be like Well, it was on her third studio album. They just know. you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope that I have, have, I'm in good graces with them. I hope they don't cancel me after anything I've said. (laughs) No,
1: you'll be fine. And also, I love, like, I was actually talking to my best friend Katie about this the other day. I love, like, a Ryan Murphy, like, reoccurring cast of characters on this podcast that do, like, a specific thing with me. You know what I mean? (sighs) And
2: (laughs) so, yeah, you'll definitely, I mean, once you're in, you're in. It's like Yeah. Please don't make me Gus Kenworthy. Like I, I want to be someone else. I just wanted to put that out there. Please let me be someone else. I know I'm not Sarah. No, I'm not, but, but give me someone good. I'm just going to throw that out there. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, well tell
1: people where they can find you on social media and tell them, tell them where they can find your tickety talk. And tickety,
2: tick um, Okay, my social media across Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I almost said tick TikTok is Cham Breezy. So it's a playoff of my last name that I made whenever I was very young and it just never got rid of it. Um, and that's Z E Y on Breezy. Mm hmm. Otherwise you're going to find a 12 year old who will never would delete their username. And so I never got to claim it. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I don't host the podcast or anything. I'd love to be a guest though. So if you're listening to this and you want me to get <laughs> on your pod, um, Chambersi DM me, I'm ready. Thanks Troy.
1: Oh, you're so welcome. You guys, thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and, um, yeah, bye. Thank you for listening to Dunzo. This podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also, be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy Mce and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at Dunzo Pod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew.